Welcome to the PT How podcast. Our purpose here is to cultivate the advancement and community of the physical therapy profession by furthering the knowledge of students, building a network among physical therapists, and getting the key highlights of A-State's physical therapy program, all through simple conversations. Welcome back, guys. We've got episode 13. Today, our hosts are me, Brandon, and then Gary, and then our guest speaker is Dr. Farley again. It's not Farley and Ray Ray. We just got Farley. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. We're on the Farrell show now. Uh-huh. And that's because today we want to talk about dry needling. Is it so dry needling? Well, Farrell's is the OG on podcast. So that's we, we are hit, we are going more OG. You'll probably here. be more on 80% more of the podcast. <laughs> but all right. Today we wanted to talk about dry needling. So the reason us three are on here, she's been dry needling for how long? Since 2015. Okay. So and then, count on your hands. Yeah. Almost, <laughs> almost need uh, more than two hands. <laughs> and then me and Brandon are currently in the process, I guess. We've already done one course, and then we're doing a second course. And so we wanted to just kind of shed some light on dry needling. Um, I know we're big fans of it. Yes. I think you are. <laughs> We've talked a lot about it, but uh, we just want to kind of bring some awareness to it and hopefully start uh, kind of incorporating that more around here. I know we as students, we kind of had to do our own thing. And so if a student wants to or sees dry needling, we want to kind of put out a resource that would help them kind of guide them in that process. And so, uh, yeah. So you want to tell us how you got started off? Like what introduced you to dry needling? Well, I think it's first important to talk about what dry needling is. Okay. And then we'll talk about, and then we'll, go into that. And then we'll talk about the story of how we got there. Okay, cool. So dry needling uh, is performed it's very similar to acupuncture um and so most lay people it looks like acupuncture right it actually is a form of acupuncture ours is because (laughs) the word acupuncture means to puncture the skin right but so dry needling uses a thin fill fill form needle and it goes in the skin um there's no injectant with it uh it is you know, its purpose is to um, uh, decrease muscle tension, um, stimulate the immune system, and basically help the body heal itself, right? So it it looks a lot like acupuncture. It's a different theory than in America. We think of acupuncture as traditional Chinese medicine, which is where all your acupoints and your chi and all those things come from. Um, but the, the big differentiation is dry needling takes a more Western medicine based approach in that it, um, is going more local to the local tissue. Now, the way the three of us were trained, it's kind of a combination of, of things that they have learned through traditional Chinese medicine and Western medicine. So, uh, that's a super exciting thing for me that it's, it's very blended um because how I practice and what I do it is not it doesn't go just down one path right. <laughs> right. I mean, we pull things from from all places right um to do things so yeah um so I think I think that's important to kind of differentiate what because people hear dry needling and they're like what is it what is dry needling yeah and then they see it and they're like oh you're doing acupuncture yeah and then they think of acupuncture they have like 40 needles in their back or something right and it's not bad at all no no <laughs> No. You're hitting muscles, you're hitting tendons, mm-hmm. you're hitting actual structures, not mm-hmm. just kind of putting them in points. And 
I don't necessarily know much about acupuncture, so I can't speak on that, but like I'm not hitting something in my back to help something in my head or something like that. Right. And that, that's probably one of the key differences in dry needling and acupuncture is that we're not needling distal to the area that we're trying to treat. Right. Now I've had acupuncture done on me before. How was it? I mean it was good. It <laughs> actually it actually helped. What? Um, for what, um, I went in for, uh, I don't sweat very well. Um, and so I went, uh, I had a buddy that had gone in for that. And so, um, I went in and, and it helped. You got you sweating? Yes. Really? It did. Wow. Now I had gone and gotten all my numbers pulled, right? right? My hormones and, and different right. things. And all of that was within normal limits. Right. So awesome. then I, um, sought out uh, an acupuncturist so did I don't, this is totally out of topic but okay. did it help you sweat afterwards or was it just during the treatment no I I sweat better now really yes wow. and I didn't even finish uh, I didn't I was non-compliant and I didn't finish <laughs> all the sessions um you went anyway yes I did <laughs> she wanted 10 sessions and then and I was in PT school at the time and I was leaving here and driving to Little Rock oh, for an okay. appointment and so after five sessions, I, it was like night and day, right. and, then, and then this was in the middle of summer, so right. it was huh. we we had we had different we, cool. we had a reason to yeah. you know to seek out whether it was working or not. Right, uh, being here in Northeast it's, Arkansas, you sweat. Uh, <laughs> you should sweat. <laughs> uh -huh. And so, um, yeah, and it was it was crazy, and that, and that's part of my story of yeah. how I got to dry needling. Okay. Um, uh, she would say this this needle's gonna hurt and it was at my ankle yeah. and it hurt the whole way home <laughs> yeah. um, after she pulled it out you know and so it's very um acupuncturists are highly trained um in traditional chinese medicine the argument is usually they're not as trained in anatomy right as we are um you know, and dry needling is spilling into other um, fields as well with athletic training. Um, we're going from PTs to doing it to PTAs and things like that as well. But um, for me and how I got introduced to it was partially that uh, because I was in East Texas on the 4th of July working horses <laughs> and my skin was dry as a bone. We were outside middle of july and not sweating at all and that's not healthy yeah, that's not healthy at all right and uh when i was in pt school i was treating a horse it's the first horse i treated between my vet and um my uh orthopedic <laughs> professor stopman <laughs> he would help me and uh, i got into acupressure um, okay i got into acupressure acupressure with uh, a very low level infrared light and so I, I've got, I got the system. I learned the bladder meridian. I got all the points and, okay. and it, and this horse had a lot of, um, soreness in his rear end. <laughs> and it's sad when you get to these points on his, uh, back lower legs, be careful. Cause he might kick out and I'm like, you know, this is a red light. I, I'm not, I, yeah. I mean, it's not even that much pressure, right? right? I'm putting a red light on a specific point. And, and that horse was very well-mannered, um, very broke. And I put it on that point and that horse reared back and cracked the back wall of the <laughs> hall. And I was like, 
(laughs) there is something to this yeah so it was it was it was in combination with a lot of um exercising and different things that we did it wasn't just that to treat that horse right um but so I, I gained an interest in acupressure there, had acupuncture done later in my PT school career and, you know, became a PT that really wasn't a thing until it was. And it was kind <laughs> of early 20, it was kind of 2014, 2015 really? when the first uh, craze within the PT profession, dry needling was wow. happening. Um Dunning and his group have been doing it a lot longer since then, but far as continuing ed in the United States um, was really kind of right around then. Okay. I didn't realize it was that recent. Yes. I mean, you you have some very OGs in different parts of the country that have been trained by acupuncturists have been doing it a long time. Right. But, um, and, and they had already been doing a lot of courses, but that was when it really gained traction. Right. Um, because as, as I was getting trained in that time, and I was living in central Oklahoma at the time, um, they, uh, all of a sudden, every outpatient orthopedic clinic in central Oklahoma was really getting trained in dry needling. Yeah. It was like this panic. They, like, yeah. yeah. You, like you had yeah. to be trained in dry needling right, right now. Don't get left behind. And did not get left behind. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Which... Which now, is it still like that in Oklahoma? Like if you go, I don't know how often we go to Oklahoma, but if you go to clinics in Oklahoma, is everybody joining? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The big, the big groups kind of there in central Oklahoma, they all got trained and I have friends that have a private practice out there and they're all needling. needling. So would you say it's the same for Arkansas in your experience? No, I, I, I really, I really wouldn't. We have, um, and it may just be my because I've only been here five years, right? So, um, but um, I know there's a uh, I know of a few in town or or at least one that's doing it. Um, and we have another faculty member here on campus that's trained in it as well. Right. Um, but no, because when I came home <laughs> to 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 work yeah um i was like i i dry needle i do this i do that and they were like no thanks <laughs> really? um and so and, and that really went back to reimbursement right um as well and uh um so yeah they, they said no thanks when i was when i was treating really? in the clinic and so yeah. i was like all right wow which i've kind of got ways around that now kind of well we, we have we've been doing it long enough that we have um more better <laughs> <Yeah>. more better <laughs> um ways to do that and to communicate that and we're getting enough uh evidence behind dry needling that um it's becoming uh more recognized more patients wanting it different things like that i know dunning and his whole all the people that do that diploma of osteopathy, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. is what it's called. Mm-hmm. I think they all have to do research. And I know the guy that taught us, he's doing, he did research on, do you remember exactly what it was? No. <laughs> he was doing like research on, it was maybe headaches or something. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to put out the research and all the research is pointing to that it is really good. So it's and so, treatment. yeah, I think it's just kind of a matter of time at this point. 
until they start reimbursing for it. Yeah, and you know, and just like any research, we need we need it um, from various different places, right? right? We don't need. Don't need to do it all. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but I know several therapists that have gone through that program, and they've had to do that kind of research. Um, but even research coming out of Europe um, is still pointing towards the same thing. Right. So it works. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, for me as a therapist, um, there's been two things in my career since graduating PT school that have been game changers for how I practice. And dry needling was the first game changer for me. Right. It was a huge game changer for how I practice and treat. Which we see it, but I think it's obvious like for us looking at you we'll come into your office and you have needles in your face <laughs> yes. and, and like it's, you're not going to be doing that to yourself if you didn't think that it was so I know you needle yourself maybe mm -hmm. not a lot but uh, where I can fairly frequently yeah, you can. the problem with the, with treating yourself is you can't can't always treat your own ailments right, sometimes right. you gotta have some help yeah and so you have a lot of well, probably more than us, a lot more experience of getting needled. Mm -hmm. And so what's like your personal testimony on being needled? Like, like in what ways does it help? I know they teach us, like it promotes blood flow, it activates adenosine and all this stuff, what they teach you. But you personally, how would you put it, like as a patient? You know, it's, um, it's, a, game, it's a game changer for both how therapists treat in their game plan and in, the, in their treatment plans and it's a game changer for uh, patients and their recovery and because uh, I do I do have a little bit of a private practice outside of here where I treat patients in, in my practice chronic pain um, chronic orthopedic pain has found me <laughs> and that's something I treat a lot of and it's been a game changer for those patients versus just doing manual right. because it has a, it tends to have a longer effect. The effects will last up to, you know, five days to a week, depending upon the tissue and what that person is doing. And so if you get a longer effect of, of, um, as we're, you know, taking this from science to street speak today <laughs> of more better then when you do it again, you're gonna you're just gonna get further you're right. gonna get further towards your goals right. faster right which is what everybody wants you know sure. but that song always plays in my head that you know better stronger faster you know <laughs> I don't even know but um <laughs> but um for me as a patient it's uh it's helped uh I've had a chronic uh SI issue for a long time I can't needle. I'm not good enough to needle my own SI. That'd be tough. Um, <laughs> That'd be tough. My, my shoulder, my shoulder internal rotation won't let me stay do that for that long. Um, but um, it has helped a tremendous amount with that because I think it has done a lot of work around that capsule, that joint capsule, and all the fascia. And I was listening to another podcast this morning, and you know, other people call it fascia. Yeah. Fascia. Skeletal. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> considering I was trained in the South, it's fascia. Yeah, fascia. <laughs> um, all that fascia and muscle tissue that connects right around there, right? 
And so it is, um, it's helped clear that up where, you know, PTs are probably not their best, um, any medical professional is kind of the joke is the worst patient, right? <laughs> um, and, uh, but it's, it's helped clear that up. It's helped, um, if I have something coming on that I know I can needle, I can get it needled, you know, pretty uh, quickly and then it's over. So, um, so yeah, it's helped. I've, you know, I've needled, um, I do some rodeo sports medicine work uh, for the rodeo sports medicine team. And it took me a while to needle pre-performance because I didn't want to change, you know, there's right. so many changes that happen to the nervous system and the tissue. And if you're needing to go perform, your body is ready to perform within the confines that you've been in. Right. So if if you if you're tight, um, but you are getting your performance done while being tight, while Which being tight, um, <laughs> while being tight and yeah. weak, often, then that's what your body knows until your body starts giving you so much pain that you're like, oh. And so it took me a while to. Um, so then I was very concerned about completely changing the nervous system too soon to an event. Right. Um, but as I kind of stepped into that, it, it did help. It's helped pre-performance as well. Interesting. Um, along with post-performance and how we traditionally use it as in recovery and right. things like that. Huh. Interesting. I've never even heard of it being used as pre. Hmm. And so I know you also like to get needled a lot. I do. <laughs> what is like your kind of personal statement from whenever I needle your face or whatever? <laughs> how does it make so you feel? I love getting needled. Um, <laughs> there's one in particular, the lateral pterygoid, that I asked Garrett to needle a lot. And I did not even realize that muscle was tight until he put a needle in there during our class. And I was like, wow, that thing gripped the needle. Like yes, it, it, it was like tugging when yeah. you're trying to pull it out. Yeah. But I felt so much relief. And it's weird because my my jaw just kind of slightly clicks. So I have like jaw clicking um arguably might say tmd who really knows it's not diagnosed but i got jaw <laughs> clicking so when he put the needle in that was like the first time i didn't actually have jaw clicking i was really? like no freaking way uh, that's why i've been so flabbergasted and that's why i asked garrett pretty consistently to needle my lateral pterygoid because huh. i just think it's radical do you kind of keep track of how long the clicking goes away i mean it's it's there and it's kind of it's probably like a day ish okay um yeah, so the, it's kind of a not necessarily a long, long term benefit, right? But it's still a benefit, right? And, and it definitely helps. Then you yeah. break your jaw. What? Then you break your jaw. It, I, I was not technically like diagnosed, but it is presumed that I broke my jaw because I got hit playing, <laughs> playing running back as a sophomore in high school. And I have a very protruding, like, bump, let's say, in my jaw. And I mean, it hurt for about two and a half weeks, but I didn't say anything. I wanted to continue to keep on playing right. football. So I just had a throbbing jaw pain and it got swollen a little bit. Mom would ask me about it. Told her it was nothing. So I presumed that I would have fractured my jaw and had some dysfunctional yeah. jaw yeah. stuff there. But hey, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wanted to play. <laughs> and so I think it's cool also whenever you as a therapist and I guess us eventually as therapists, when we do dry needling on people, um, like especially with things like the piriformis and stuff, instead of having to kill our bodies mm -hmm. to get into something that's mm -hmm. 
this deep in somebody's body, mm -hmm. you can just find a really long needle because they make needles I mean, all shapes and sizes. And it saves you one, the inaccuracy, because how much can you really do with like a palm? If you have a pinpoint needle, you can find exactly kind of, mm -hmm. you can get it exactly where you want to go. And then two, also save the stress on your body as well yeah I think, I, have you found that to be true oh absolutely my when I first got out of school and uh got my first job it's very high manual clinic it was a, a women's health slash orthopedic clinic and we're very um did a lot of soft tissue work did a lot of manual work and I remember um calling <laughs> Roy or stopping because uh, my hands just hurt. Right. My hands hurt. I was like six, eight months, a year out of school, and my hands were killing me. Yeah. I was like, you didn't tell me this. Yeah, I can't do this for 21 you, years. <laughs> tell me this, because I have other things I need to do with my hands, right. with my horses. Like, right. you didn't tell me this. And so, you know, built up a tolerance somewhat, um, worked with some other tools as as I, I went through my career but that was a that was a big um wasn't the reason why i did it i didn't know i didn't realize until i got certified and got some experience that oh this is gonna this is gonna be a game changer for me in the longevity of my career right um i i do think it's important for um students who are getting trained or new graduates early early pts to still because even when i've had students in the clinic we have all these neat tools right, right right um but you still need that experience of feeling that tissue palpating that tissue so you still i i believe to be very good at needling and these other tools you still need to do a level of manual work right to get that feel right i believe if you have feel that you can improve upon that skill you can find mentors to help you um, become better at feel and feel is very important if, and i believe people don't have feel as well <laughs> right. um so but if you do have it i think it's very important to continue to um, get that knowledge and that sense through your hands uh, not just through your head right um so uh, but it did, it was a game changer as far as the longevity of my career. My hands Which, quit hurting. I was always protective of my thumbs and we right. teach that in school to protect right. your thumbs. Right. And it was my whole hand that was hurting, not my right. thumbs. I feel like there's just no way to get around. Like you can have perfect form. And if you're doing manual therapy for six hours a day, they're still going to hurt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so mm -hmm. there's, mm -hmm. yeah, there's no way to get around that. Sure. And so Johnny Lynn helps us as well because... Like you said, longevity career, mm -hmm. hit what you want, mm -hmm. especially if you already have a feel. Because when did you graduate PT school? Oh, wait. And so you'd been doing that for what, seven years mm -hmm. before you got, mm -hmm. you know, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so would you say that the seven years prior and doing all that manual therapy helped you needle better? I do. I would, I would say that. Okay. You know, I am, um, just like you mentioned, the piriformis and, and can you get really good work on the piriformis by just working? manually with your hands maybe maybe not right depending upon a lot of factors um i would side with the more maybe not right now knowing what i know um, but i do remember in particularly um having a high caseload of it band 
pain. Um, and this was early in my career. Yeah. And then the therapist at the clinic I was working at were doing a lot of manual. And I was like, <laughs> I, I'm working really hard and I'm not getting any results right. for my patient. And, uh, and so, you know, and, and along with, you know, rolling on the foam roller, different things like that. And so one day I was like, this is not working. And so I grabbed the foam roller and rolled my patient's IT band instead of having them roll <laughs> on, on the foam roller. And they're more tolerant of that, right? Uh, they're more tolerant of it, A, and that's a lot of tolerance with needling as well. People are more tolerant of someone else causing them some degree of pain than doing it to themselves yes. often yes I, I, in the general population right. now I, your your gym bros and different people who are really They're working different. at different things yeah. you know there there is different pain tolerances and different thoughts about pain and beliefs about pain but i remember taking that foam roller and i got better results and the patient was happier <laughs> and so then i was like well, let me get a rolling pin so I've got a $5 rolling pin from Walmart and that's how I started treating uh, IT bands because IT bands are not moving and not doing and and so knowing what I know now I, the evolution of how I treated that kind of fed into this whole story as well um, because then I got into dry needling and that was a huge game changer for IT band syndrome for me and uh and then that led to body tempering so using those two things for an it man was a game changer because we know we, we have a study where they've taken cadaver it bands and hung them up mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. and then added weights varying weights to them to see if they would stretch and they didn't stretch that's crazy so if they're not stretched so We've got to find a different way. We've got to go find a different way and a different source to to work on that. And we need to go work on the TFL glute med balance. Right. Um, but along with treating that acute IT IT band pain, and so that was a lot more. That was just a a specific example of a game changer of tissue. Right. Huh. So, um, you know, dry needling is not an entry level skill for therapists right now. I've, maybe in 10 years, it gets moved down into PT school curriculum. Maybe it doesn't. Um, here at Arkansas State, we have different special topics classes where you can get introduced to it, different things like that. You guys are going outside of your schooling to get <laughs> <Yeah>. trained. Um, <laughs> so would you kind of tie into that last kind of talking point? Would you recommend somebody as soon as we did get Johnny to certified? In the right situation, absolutely. Right. Like I commend you guys for going on with your education this soon. Uh, I, I did a similar thing with hippotherapy in, okay. in school. So I started hippotherapy continuing ed classes while I was still in school. Right. Um, so if you have an interest in that, absolutely. You know, the caution, the cautionary tale for you two, as we've talked about outside of here, is um, still, like we just talked about, getting those other manual skills, those other tactile skills, and right. not just relying on needle. the needle or the tool, whether it's needling, body tempering, cupping, laser,ing a different modality. Uh, 
I, I think those are uh, magnified when you have the feel uh, behind it. Gotcha. Um, so, but no, if you are interested in that, if you, because I, I would like to see dry needling be used more in the neuro population as well. I think that would be very interesting. Right now, it's very orthopedic outpatient right. uh, location, but I think I think other populations could benefit from it as well and see what happens with it. Interesting, which I'm sure we could do a whole other podcast about that. Yeah, well, like, we could do all sorts of podcasts. <laughs> I've never even heard of that or thought of that for neuro. So I think also too, I want to mention that if you are a student in PT school, Dunning, uh, they allow you as a third year. Uh, <laughs> third year-ish. <laughs> yeah, to get third dry year. needle certified. So if that's something that you're interested in as a student, uh, I'm a PTA before, and that's when I got exposed to it. When did you get exposed to it? So my, I, I have a little history of it, actually. So my first ever exposure to dry needling was back when I was 16, drop shadowing for PT um, yeah. with a girl. I'm going to say Dr. Tran Su, and she actually passed a lot of uh, legislation for Illinois for dry needling. So that was the first time being exposed. I didn't know much about it. Okay. She just had really cool experience with it. And then I go work as a rehab tech over at a clinic in Cape Girardeau, and I was doing my undergrad at SEMO. And then she needled my face, and I loved it too much. <laughs> and then my first <laughs> clinical education here at A State, they really amplified the effects and benefits of dry needling, and that okay. made me fall in love with it all the more. So it's okay. been kind of a continuing growth and admiration for the tool of dry needling so, right yeah and i'm glad you said that because like with us we've been exposed before we got into pt school mm -hmm. and like i knew it was something that i would love to do and so if it's something that you've already been exposed to i know a lot of people don't get exposed to it until like maybe a rotation or after school or something like that but if you want to get certified you can jump in get certified like we are i would say what what caused you to want to be certified as a student um honest well i can technically do it technically mm -hmm. um i'm a pta and uh that's kind of changing i think ptas are starting to be allowed to do it more but i saw how much results it got on uh people especially my first rotation in pta school first time i ever saw it and uh it was with sandrika bowen in mississippi she has her own clinic Shout out to her, uh, Strive Wellness Center MS on Instagram. Uh, she was needling uh, like shin splints and like plantar fasciitis and stuff like that. And she was getting a ton of results. And specifically on the shin splints one, it was a soccer player. I'm a soccer player. It helped a ton to where she could go play. And so I was blown away quite literally. And uh, ever since then, I knew it was something I wanted to do. Um, this first rotation in PT school last summer, uh, I had a really cool CI and he would dry needle certain things and uh, just saw a ton of results. And I just wanted to add another tool to the toolbox. And I think it's really good because everything I've seen, it gets really good results. Yeah. What about you? Kind of sim similar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was just like, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then from more of like a specific standpoint, outlooking as once we graduate, I mean, we have an extra tool in our toolbox that sadly a lot of our peers have not yet acquired yet. So, <laughs> Um, I don't mean that like in a mean way. It's just like it's just like, <laughs> hey, I, I'd like to have the end be an entry level um, yeah, treatment for um people that have already graduated. And uh I just aspire just to try to do that already. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. 
Well, I think another key for you guys, for any students listening to the podcast, is that you've gone to the training and then you continue to practice yeah. and you ha- and you have supervised practice, yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. right? In <laughs> the did. educational setting. So right. you're not you're not setting out, I'm already dry yeah. needle, yeah. right? You right. are very much saying you have supervisors who are trained, right. who are willing to supervise yeah. you um, in practicing this, just like we do other skills in school, whether it's transfers, joint mobilizations, whatever that is. And so you're, you're continuing to do that because one thing we have in this profession is, oh, I went to a weekend course. I'm certified. I can go do this. And they don't do it again. again, (laughs) Or they have an expertise Mm -hmm. level that they think that you've got to, I just had this conversation with my friend this morning. You've got to integrate that skill. Right. We don't talk enough about integrating skills, right. which yeah. is practice. Right. So. Um, so if we think about how the nervous system works and how what it takes to do that, so then you've got to integrate that through practice and experience. Right. Which thank to get to an expertise it. level. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and it's been really good. Thank you. I'm just gonna say yeah. shout out to Dr. Model. <laughs> now that we're here. Uh, and now that that's brought up, yeah, she lets us practice all the time, whether it's on her, uh-huh. she'll supervise me doing him, or uh, other PT students in our class that are willing to. Be, yeah, you do have yeah. colleagues who yeah. are willing to let you practice, and that's that's they a good appreciate thing. It. Yeah, <laughs> they do. They really do. Um, but that's a good thing. So that's a good thing to have too. So it it's a uh, uh, that's a ro- that's the choices we've made in order to help you further your education and experience right and which it has mm-hmm. versus put a lot of hours in mm-hmm. just here mm-hmm. versus oh i just went to a weekend course right and now i'm back it. in school right and now i'm going to go to another weekend course and i haven't done anything with it right yeah Sweet. yeah yeah is there anything Did we hit? i think we hit you know quite a bit uh you know there there's a lot of camps out there if you're looking whether you're a therapist listening to this podcast or a student therapist there's a lot of different camps out there for dry needling with different roles especially Um, on students and stuff absolutely if you're looking the student route on whether they take students or not and uh, they all have their own theory and thought and how they go about things because even Dr. Aiken is differently, is trained differently than the three of us. And so just doing your research and talking to your professors or talking to your colleagues or talking to somebody who does have that experience in choosing what uh, camp of dry needling uh, educational course line you want to go down right. is uh important uh to do your 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 homework about that um so you know and then just kind of what no matter what camp that is then working on integrating that skill and practicing it right so yeah but i also said ours is the best well of course <laughs> if we're doing it, it has of to course. be right of course of course <laughs> It is. They don't call me the rock star for nothing. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on and talking about this. Of this course. is something I think we both want to do for a while. Mm-hmm. So we appreciate it. Anything sounds fun. Oh, uh, last thing, we got to give a shout out to our DN instructor, um, Osama <laughs> Imam. If you ever have the pleasure of going through AANT, 
And again, Dr. Osama, he's awesome. We are his little fanboys right now. <laughs> so just plug out to him. Shout out to awesome. him. Uh, yeah. Is it the Dynamic Physio? Dynamic Physio, yep, in Detroit. Yes, right? yep. and he does, he actually does post a lot of great stuff outside of dry needling. Yep. He posts, I think, like every day some new Super exercises and stuff. So yeah, he's cool. Check him out. Yeah, that's really it, though. Thanks cool. for tuning in and listening, and uh, yeah. we'll get you next week for episode 14. Have a great one. Thank you for listening to the PT How podcast. You can stay connected with us through Facebook at Arkansas State University, Department of Physical Therapy, and Instagram at A State Physical Therapy. Catch our next episode on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts at PT How Podcast.